0: Song okay, Heavenly Father, we do just thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness towards us this day, Lord. Thank you for allowing us all to all be here this morning to come and worship you, to sing praises to you, and just our fellowship with one another, Lord, that we can all just talk about you, Lord, and give you the glory for it all. We ask, Lord, to continue this blessing the rest of the service, Lord. Bless all those who are here and those who are listening online. And Continue just helping us all, Lord, just to give you glory for it all. And thank you for this beautiful day. For Jesus, I pray, amen. Can I get turn to number 617? I'll fly away. You're to turn into 555, and you may be seated. 555. There shall be showers a blessing. Service and the fellowship meal at noon, and also got nothing. October is Pastor Appreciation Month. I would like you to encourage you to please take some time to pray specifically for Pastor and Cynthia, as well as to show your gratitude for them. We will be celebrating as a church on October 17th for the card shower, but but feel free to express your appreciation to Pastor and Cynthia anytime
1: mm-hmm.
0: and however God leads you to do. it's my pastor appreciation month and the pastor's been through a lot the last couple of months so it's he definitely needs continued prayer <laughs> so uh, do you got anything else about the yard sale I, or anything um well the yard sale i think is that that weekend of the 20 And I see a turn of number 148. God leads us along. <laughs> ahead and do the memory verse that's in your bulletin for this month. It's Psalm 119.72. Do it twice. Psalm 119.72. I ask you attend to to number 120 and please stand for this one. I'm not sure exactly how well I know this one. It's just a little it's not quite that familiar to me that
2: true? The Lord has been faithful. You sing that song, and through all these years, God has been faithful, and the longer we walk with the Lord, the more we realize the faithfulness of God, the deeper it grows, the deeper it gets for us, and um, you know, you get to prove his, his promises. That's proving us and putting them to the test, and that's what we get to do, you know, as we live this life, and <laughs> Sometimes life gets harder rather than easier. And um, I was telling the Lord the other day, it feels like, you know, wave upon wave, Lord, it hits. And, you know, as soon as I thought that, that scripture in Isaiah 43 popped into my head and the Holy Spirit said, yes, but those waters will not overflow you. I'm going to go with you through it. It's like, thank you, Lord. If you have the Holy Spirit, he's going to talk to you. And I think this is what I want to say today, is I just pray that my husband and I, we can just magnify the Lord through our journey, let our light so shine that the world may see Christ, that you may see the Lord in us, if anything. I pray that's what it is, because we are very human, and God knows that. Um, My husband had asked me to give you an update, um, because obviously he cannot speak at all right now, so um, you can text him. Everybody's got their smartphones. Text pastor. Yes, and he can he can communicate. With In fact, this is what we've been doing at home. We're texting. Hey, hon. <laughs> so thank the Lord. I know some people, well, oh, I hate the modern technology. You know what? I'm very grateful for it today. Um, so uh, we had a, um, as you know, he had a biopsy on Monday morning, which I really pushed for because they were going to push it back to the 29th and and I realized this was getting very critical, and so they got us right in at 8 o'clock in the morning, and this um, very wonderful doctor, who's a surgeon and stuff, um, examined my husband's tongue and uh, did several places of biopsy, so um, extremely painful, so would you pray for us in that part? I'm just going to tell you how you can pray for us. This is your pastor. He's the one that you come to listen to, and he's not able to speak to you today, so not that we need the you know the light shined on us, but so w- you can understand, um, we were not able to get the pain meds until late on Wednesday, and that was done Monday morning. And the doctor had told my husband, he says, "I'm not going to lie to you, this is going to be extremely painful." And <laughs> I thought we had already been through painful. Um, this was like nothing we had been through yet. So and then waiting to get uh, the pain meds, which we finally did. And it's anyway. Um, don't mean to make a long story out of it. Uh, the doctor who did exam, and this is what he does in death surgery, he is pretty sure it is cancer, so I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and we're still waiting on the biopsy, but it, that's what it's looking like. And so he says, he says I'm, I'm just going to tell you candidly, which we appreciate it, you know, an honest doctor with us um, like that. So tomorrow morning you can pray. He's having a um, CT scan. Done tomorrow morning, so that will check the the throat and everything else. To you know, see if anything spread. Um, you know what? God has allowed it. I. What's really hard for me, you can pray for me, is to see my husband. This is what he does. He's a speaker, and what's been taken away. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, why couldn't the cancer have been somewhere else? You know, so he could still have spoken, and he would have gotten up and spoken no matter what. That's just who he is. He's done you know, kept preaching through many ordeals in his life. It's never stopped him before. So this time, there's no other choice but, you know, to wait on the Lord. And that's two things. Boy, I tell you how the Holy Spirit speaks in your ear. And the one that I kept hearing was rejoice. And I read scriptures, rejoice, rejoice. Okay, Lord, i got to be rejoicing. And then, and this was like a couple weeks ago, and then the next thing, the Lord just start because I'm, I'm praying and I'm begging the Lord, you know, Lord, heal my husband. Second thing, wait, wait, be still, stop begging me. <laughs> okay, Lord, I've been begging, and I had to stop begging and say, be still, my soul, wait on the Lord, God is in control, he knows what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing, I don't, you know, know where this is going to end up, but we do know that all things do work together for good to those who love God. We love God, and he's going to work it out for his good pleasure, and if that's to help somebody else, you know, many of you are suffering and going through everybody's, and if, and if you aren't going through something that's that heavy, you, you know, life eventually will catch up to all of us. It does that. I want to share a really big blessing with you. Um, this was back when my husband had the accident and he was in the hospital, you know, in the brain trauma center where this all started back then, um, I came home the one day, you know, because I come home by myself, and and there was a, a baggie on my my doorknob, and um, there was a little, little gift and a little card, and this was in it. And it says, God is good all the time. <laughs> and I tell you, I have looked and looked at that and thought, Yeah, God is good all the time, and I wasn't sure how I wanted to use this. Well, I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit, you've got to stay in God's Word. Stay in God's Word. Read God's Word. Read it all the time. If you're not reading God's Word, you're not going to be equipped. Well, I'm always in God's Word. I love His Word. I love His law. I read through four different sections of the Scripture every day. I've done this for years and read through the Bible, and I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm finding that my... Faith is still like this big <laughs> and I'm feeling like, oh, I gotta grow up. When will the Lord must look at me and say, Cynthia, when are you ever gonna grow up? <laughs> well, I started recording verses that the Lord gave me and I not just any, not just random, but as the ones that just was like spoken in my ear. And this is what happens when you're going through hard times, all of a sudden your your hearing is very acute. <laughs> the word of God, it's like, everything you read, everything you hear, all the, because I listen to Christian radio all the time, so everything I'm listening to, whether it's the song, it's like, oh, that was for me, oh, that was for me, so, when the Lord would give me just what I needed, I've been recording these in here, so it's just, it's just verses, may I read some of them to you today, because this is what's getting me through, sometimes before I go to bed at night, and I lay, because my husband still has to stay in a recliner, um, so I, I'm by myself, and I lay there, and I go through the book, and I, I can review all these, and I, and I just pray them back to the Lord, because honestly, you really don't know how to pray. So don't feel bad if you say, I don't, I don't know what to pray. You don't. I don't. You know, the Holy Spirit takes in and, you know, explains to the Lord, because sometimes it's just too deep what you're going through. I can't even tell you, you know, like how to pray for us, but I can pray the word of God. Romans 15, 13, this is the one that I've just been hanging on to. Now may the God of hope, you know, sometimes you just need to stop right there. May the God of hope, he's been my God of hope. I'm not hopeless, people. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That's really big, in believing. You know why? So that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be up to you to put on a positive face for the day. It's You just can't do it. You know, are we happy about it? No. So that's not going to be easy. Then I have this one, Philippians 1, 6. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And I put under there, these are notes to me, it's personal. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And I put in brackets, it's enough. His grace is enough. When it says it's sufficient, it's enough for whatever you're going through. For my power, God's power, is made perfect in my weakness. Oh, my goodness, we've never been this weak before. My husband, I've never seen him so helpless and weak. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. You know why? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content. Really? (laughs) I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I made a note to myself at the bottom. God's grace is already sufficient. It's not that it will be sufficient. It's already sufficient. It's there. It's available. Because that's who he is. That's who God is. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. First Peter 1, 6 and 7. Rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to the result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Psalm sixty-two five: My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and salvation. He it's my defense I shall not be moved and at the bottom of this I put watch out for misplaced expectations when you put your expectations in somebody else and in people they can't live up to that you're going to be disappointed don't put them in that position only God Mark five thirty-six, and I have this in all caps be not afraid only believe Exodus fourteen thirteen. Fear not, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. And I wrote to myself: There's no need to be afraid. Quiet your heart. You don't have to do anything. Watch and see how God will help and deliver you. He knows what He's going to do. You don't need to worry about it. Doesn't mean I don't worry about it. So you can pray. Tell Lord, help Cynthia to have strong faith and not to be worrying when she shouldn't be worrying, but to trust the Lord. Um, <laughs> Psalm 4610, cease striving, which is stop struggling and know, fully realize that I am God. You know what I have underneath this? You're not God of your life. And that's what makes us so disappointed as we live as if we're God of our lives. If you're going to be God of your life, you know who's in control. You are. And honestly, um, there's something about sweet surrender and we, we give it to the Lord because, you know what, I don't want to do this alone, and I don't want to do it without him. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through it. I don't want my husband to go through this. I want to say, Lord, just heal him. If Jesus was here, we could just touch his mouth, and, and he'd be healed, and, and we wouldn't be going through this. But, you know what he says in Psalm seventy-three twenty-three? Nevertheless, no matter what, I am, the great I am, continually which is always and ever, with you, with you, and I had written down here before my friend pointed this out, you have taken hold of my right hand, and <laughs> my friend and I, we were sharing this, that, you know, God taking hold of our right hand, and he says he takes us with his right hand, and she pointed this out, it was a blessing, how, you know, it's like he's saying, come on, come on, I got you, wow, what a wonderful word picture of what God does for us, right? And, you know, I'm just praising the Lord. I could go on and on in this, but I'm just giving you a picture of where it is and hopefully encouraging because this is one thing God is challenging my heart with. Don't go through this for nothing. Be a blessing to other people. Help them because, you know what, they're going through troubles too, and they may say, oh, that's a good verse. I need that you know, and um, so if we can do that for one another, that's, you know, sometimes I think I grew up thinking, let your lights will shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God. I think I always took that as like, you know, winning the lost and, you know, letting the world, but you know, we need to see the light in one another. If we're to be a vital, vibrant body of Christ here we need to be talking the things of Christ if he's really your savior it should be something that's it's my life he's my life he's my conversation so it's the most natural thing for me to tell you what God is doing for me and it should be the most natural thing for you to turn around and tell me well you know what i was reading and God said you know so that's how we bless each other this is how we know how to pray for each other so you say i don't know how to pray for them find a scripture And pray the scripture. And, you know, that's the best way. That's the most intelligent way, the most spiritual way to pray for somebody. Just pray scripture verses over them. And um, God knows what they need because you don't know what they need. I don't know what you need. You don't know what I feel. I don't know what you feel. Um, It's personal. And we're all wired differently, right? Some people can bear a lot. Some people can't. Some people, you know, are more fearful. Some are bold in their faith. um so as you pray for you know my husband pray for him because now what he does has basically taken away so you know just thinking of that as the loss that he's going through right now would you please pray for him pray for encourage for him, encouragement for him and like i said you can text him you know text him anytime say you know and or if you just want to come up and come over him and say pastor let me pray for you. I'm going to pray with you and pray with them. Do you know what a blessing that is? I've had a few people do that for me, come over and just hug me and then say, you know, I'm, going to, I'm going to pray with you, and they just pray with me. Man, that's such a blessing. So those are tangible ways that you can be a blessing to your pastor right now and pray for our church because this is a journey you all are part of <laughs> because you know us and you love us, and I thank you for your love. Oh, man, this is what has been so encouraging is your love, the love of the saints. You know, Paul was always talking about that. how much he loved the saints, and the saints of God loved him. And, wow, there's, there's nothing like that, right? I mean, we come here, and it's just hmm, so encouraging. So um, I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I am going to just pray for me. I, I'll be strong. I'm, you know, it's about 4 in the morning when you wake up that I don't feel very strong. <laughs> because um, your mind doesn't stop and then, but then that's when I have to go back and, and review some things and go, okay. And the Lord just calms my heart. I can't, ex- I can't explain it. And you can't explain the work of the Spirit, but He's there and He does minister to us and He loves us. God loves you. God loves you all so much. and you know, I'm just going to take it one step further. If you don't know the Lord is your Savior, if you're playing the game and you say, I don't have that kind of peace, I don't have that kind of assurance. Don't put it off. Please don't put it off. You don't want to go through life without the Lord or pretending, you know, and ask the Lord to be your Savior. Make peace with God. You know, it's, it's worth it to not struggle because life is going to be a struggle either way, but I don't want to go through it alone. And one verse another friend was sharing with me this morning that he's, you know, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Not ever, ever, ever. So the Lord bless you, my dear church family. I love you. I thank you for praying for us. And uh, walk with the Lord.
3: Well, good morning, folks. See, we're going to be here a long time. I brought my bag lunch with me, see? <laughs> I hope we brought yours. <laughs> Just kidding. This is my markers and stuff, so. All right, so take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how a pastor gets does this all the time because you know you you get up here and you look out and you see a hundred eyeballs looking at you know you get jitters you know what I mean but uh, we can jitter our way through it this morning what do you think all right we were in James last week James talking about actually we were in uh, Job and James let me get my marker out here real quick But this morning, we're going to start in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Hebrews, chapter 12. Okay. Okay, Hebrews, chapter 12. I'm going to write this down up here. And We are in the book. We're studying the book of Job. And keep in mind that we're talking, uh, I'm going more along the line, like I said last week, along the lines of being a lesson, a Sunday school lesson, and not necessarily a message. Although, if you listen to last week's, it's, you know, it kind of goes in and out, you know. So don't worry about that. But uh, I can say that um, I appreciate uh, Cynthia's testimony. That, uh, that I, and I encourage you to... Uh, Begin a journal in your life as a Christian. Um, I started, um, my daughter gave me a journal years ago, a couple years ago, three years ago. I never thought of a journal being you know, being useful, but I'll tell you what, um, I sit down in the morning in my devotions and I go through God's word and uh, God will bring, like, like Cynthia said, God will bring something to your mind from the God's word in a passage of scripture. And I immediately stop. And I immediately write that scripture down, and I immediately write down what God is speaking to my heart. And I can tell you right now, this lesson on Job, if you look at my journal, I, several months ago in last year, I was going through Job, and I was journaling through Job. And a lot of the verses that God brought to my heart and, and just settled in my heart about truths that he, he showed me, I wrote down in my journal, and they're coming out in this, in this lesson. So... It's a really a blessing to do that. It's, it's uh, especially when, especially when you and I, as Christians, um, you and I as humans, have memories that fail. You know, um, I, I don't know about you, but uh, years ago I used to be able to remember things like that. Nowadays I can't even tell you what I had for breakfast in the, yesterday morning. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's that's how it is. But um, nonetheless, that's and I, I think a journal is a very good place or a very, very good thing to do, okay? So I encourage you all to do that. Uh, so we are in Hebrews chapter 12. We were talking <clears throat> in, actually, James we were in. I'm not going we're not going to go to James. We were talking about Job, <clears throat> and uh, before we get going, I'm going to pray, but I'm just going to give you some initial comments, and then we're going to pray. But we were talking about Job, and we are talking about giving a little background on Job, his life, about he was in the uh, patriarchal times, and uh, some of the themes of the book, Um, I had intimated that, and one of the themes, obviously, is pain and suffering, and even this week as I was studying, I I was reminded again about Job and how he um, was dealing with this pain and suffering in his life, and uh, you always got to remember, and I always have to remember, one of the things in my journal is that you got to look at, and I, I put this list of people down here, God, Job, children, wife, Eliphaz bildad zophar elihu and satan okay um now you can put satan to the side for the second we're talking about humans okay and uh one of the things that struck me was that god's ministry to job in his life you see god wants to do something in your life he wants to work in your life just like cynthia talked about philippians 1 6 he began a good work in you and he'll perform it until the day of jesus christ And God is working in your life even this very moment as you sit here and listen to God's word. And So that's my prayer for you this morning, is that as we go through God's word, that you'd be hungry, you'd be listening, and wanting to grow. Because God wants to do a work in your life. And So let's pray and begin this lesson. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this time. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege, Lord, of being able to open your word and to read it and to study it and to learn from it and Lord furthermore to obey it and uh, Father um, I just pray Father that you would bless this time pray you bless our pastor and his wife our pastor is going through some headwinds Father and um, help him to understand Father that um, that you are with him indeed I pray you encourage his heart Many times in the life of David, when David was being hunted down by Saul and his cohorts, Lord, that he has strengthened himself by thinking upon the Lord. And so I pray for our pastor and his wife. Pray you strengthen them, and I pray that they would seek you for their strength. May you bless, Lord, now as we open your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, in Hebrews chapter 12... Well, in James chapter 5, we were talking about the pain and suffering. Um, as J- James says, if I can go to page number 4, I've got my pages here. Page number 4, and where he says here, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You've heard of the patience of Job, and, we've go- and we went through that a little bit. Um, the word, the root word there for patience of Job is hupomeno. And if you go to Hebrews chapter 12, and verse number 1, I'm going to read several verses here. So please follow along as I read. Excuse me. Hebrews chapter 12, and verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and, every, and the sin which so easily doth, excuse me, which doth ease so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof our all are all partakers, then are ye illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits, and live. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And so we want to start there in Hebrews chapter 12, and I basically want to, to, to remind you, what we're talking about here is patience and perseverance. And I just wanted to point you to the perseverance and the patience of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word there in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2, where it says, they looking unto Jesus, the author of Finisher finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That word endured has the same is the, same, is the word for the root word in patience that Job had. In, Roman, excuse, in James chapter 5 and so we see there that Jesus and that's one of the things when I was reviewing that this week and what he says what the writer of Hebrews says here for in verse number 3 for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners now you think about our Lord and Savior standing before the Sanhedrin standing before the Roman leaders Pontius Pilate and so forth and these people are yelling and screaming for his demise for his murder okay, for his execution. You think about that, knowing that you are perfectly honest, uh, perfectly honest, yeah, and perfectly uh, innocent of all the charges that they they warrant against you. Think about that. That must, I wonder how that, I, I wondered that this week, how that went through our Lord's mind, dealing with the contradiction of sinners against himself. And then, because what he said, what the writer of Hebrews is saying here in Hebrew, in the beginning of Hebrews chapter 12, is the fact that, You know, you're running a race. And what he's saying here in verse number, uh, in these first few verses here, don't grow weary, you know. Consider the Lord Jesus Christ as you run the race that God has set before you. And he says here, you have have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise thou not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him in verse number five for whom the lord loveth he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. We're talking about the lord he's what he's doing is he's child training you and child training me. And when he does that, you know it's not like it's not like he's going to send you through deep 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 waters all the time. But you know how it is when you if you if you were a parent here, if you're here and you were a parent or are a parent, parent Sometimes a child doesn't need to be spanked all the time. It's not against spank. I'm not talking about spanking here. Not. I'm talking about child rearing, and God dealing in your life as a Christian, trying to train you to be a better child of God. Okay, to be closer to His Son, and so He's going to bring you through some kind of chastisement, some kind of scourging, if you will. Okay, it may take whatever form it may take. It may take an illness. It may take. Uh, it may take. You know, an accident with a car. It may take some other form. We don't. You you don't know. I don't know. I've gone through many things. And I'm sure you have too. But God brought us through. Or brought me through them all. And I'm sure He'll bring you through them all too. And He has a purpose in it. Look down in verse number 11. He says, "Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but is grievous." You know, it's not fun going through trials and tribulations. It's not fun having going into a car accident it's not fun having an illness as pastors going through and as many of you perhaps have gone through it's not fun going through those times but what does he say here nevertheless afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness that is what god is looking for in your life he's looking for fruit the fruit of righteousness unto them all he says unto them which are exercised Thereby. You know what? If you're going through trials and tribulations right now, guess what? You are in God's exercise program today. Pastor's in, his, in God's exercise program today. Okay? And what does he want? He wants fruit to be abundant in our lives. And you know what? The only way you can do that is if you yield to the Holy Spirit and yield to the Lord's work and don't rebel against him. And that's what he's saying right here in Hebrews chapter 12. That's what he's saying. So if God is exercising you today in his program, don't rebel against it. Don't buck against the Lord because he's trying to do a work and he's trying to exude peaceable fruit of righteousness in your life. Now, um, going back to the book of Job, okay, that's dealing with the patience of Job and dealing with patience in general, okay, was Job, was Job an actual historical figure? Let's go back to Job, and then on the way back to Job, stop by the book of Ezekiel. Stop by the book of Ezekiel. Now, if you don't know your Bible, it goes Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel. Ezekiel chapter 14. Ezekiel chapter 14. Years ago, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. We got, um, as a side note, see, I like, remember I told you last week about rabbit trails? Um, you folks, uh, Pastor uh, and Pastor Cynthia, you remember Jim Land, right? Did you get an email from the memorial the memorial thing down there? And, uh, we got a, I got an email. Uh, it was a good friend of ours, Jim Land. He was in, in the church years and years ago. Man, this is way, way back. He passed away, or I should say, he went home to be with the Lord back in 2006, and I was thinking about that going up front and teaching and so forth because I remember him when he was teaching years ago. This is back. This is back in the early 2000s when he was teaching in our church. This is when we were back over in the parking lot. Um, he, he he remembered. He was tell, giving, telling, giving a testimony. He was standing up front teaching, and he said, and he said, you know, because one time I was up teaching and he says everybody's smiling and snickering and laughing and stuff like that and he he was wondering why is everybody laughing and smiling at me and stuff like that here you know what happened he said that he said that he had his zipper down on his pants and he was walking around teaching a a Sunday school class with his zipper down and everybody was (laughs) everybody was laughing at him I, i i don't know why i even brought that up but nonetheless it was it was funny it was funny, and uh, I tell you, I just thought of, I just wanted to bring it up for Jim Lamb, because uh, he, was a, he was a dear brother and he loved the Lord, and um, he, had some, he had some strange sayings, boy, but I tell, and some strange testimonies, and that was one of them. Anyways, I don't know where I'm going from here, but Ezekiel chapter 14. <clears throat> we're talking about Ezekiel uh, and talking about, was Job a historical figure? Well, God puts it in his word that Job indeed was. Look at Ezekiel chapter 14 and verse number 12. Ezekiel 14 and verse number 12. God says this in his word about Ezekiel and and others as well. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out mine hand upon it, and will break the staff of bread thereof, and will send famine upon it, and will cut off man and beast from it. Now, Ezekiel, you've got to remember, Ezekiel was ministering to the exiles that were in Babylon, Okay. He was ministering to them, and he was giving them a warning. And look what he says here in verse number thirteen. Remember fourteen, I guess. Uh, yes, fourteen. Though these three men—Noah, Daniel, and Job—he mentions Job. If, though Noah, Daniel, and Job; those were very evidently they were very. They were three very, uh, very precious souls to the Lord. Even though those were in it, according to verse fourteen. They should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. Verse number 15. If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land, and they spoil it, so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through because of the beast, though these three men were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither their sons nor their daughters, they only shall be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. So you see that God, even in his word, mentions the man Job and puts him in a very, very unique group of individuals of uh, Noah, Daniel, and Job. So I just wanted to share that with you that if anybody, because there are a lot of people out there, a lot of um, liberal commentators or whatever, that as Daniel, they don't believe that Job was a real person. And yet here we have here God's own testimony that indeed he was. Now let's go back to the book of Job. Job chapter 1. And we're going to begin with this. Actually, Job chapter Well, let's go to Job chapter 7. Job chapter 7. One of the things when I began my study of Job, I wondered to myself, how long did Job go through his trials? And I'm sure if you began if you ever studied the book of Job, and ever read the book of Job, you wondered yourself, how long did Job actually goes th- was under these trials and tribulations? And many times when you and I go through trials and tribulations, one of the two of the words that you and I talk to the Lord and ask him is, how long, or three words, how long, Lord, is this going to take? Okay? And then uh, that's up to the Lord, not to you and I. But look what he says in, 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 uh, in Job chapter 7 and verse number 3. He says, so I am I made, this is Job's testimony, <coughs> excuse me, so am I made, <coughs> excuse me, to possess months, of vanity and wearisome nights are appointed unto me. Okay, So there he mentions months. Flip over to Job chapter 29. Job chapter 29. Job chapter 29 and verse number 2. I'll read verse number 1. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I were as in months past. So there is some indication within the text itself of, of, of Job that it at least took months. One man, <clears throat> one man said that um, the conversation that Job had with his three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, <clears throat> it may have taken maybe several weeks, okay? And they may have started their conversation, and then you know how sometimes you start a conversation and it ends, and then you and then somehow down the road, you know, it takes a certain length of time, and you start the conversation back up again. That's how, that's, one man says, That's may, may have been how it, how it was with Job and his three friends. But we know that it at, least took, it at least took several months, okay? Now, let's go back to Job chapter 1. Let's go back to Job chapter 1 and see about Job. So, we know, we know he was going through it. And that's from chapter 1. Chapter 1 begins his, uh, begins his suffering. Chapter 42 ends his suffering. And in between there, we don't know how long it's going to, it's at least months. But I'll tell you what, <clears throat> if you've ever gone through severe trials and painful trials and tribulations, whether it be sickness or whatever, um, sometimes a day can seem a long time, can it not? Sometimes a couple minutes can seem a long time. And uh, so Job faced that, and you and I face it as well. And let's, so let's see how Job actually was, okay? Job's, the first thing we're going to go through is Job's faith. Job's faith. And in jo, and, and, uh, Job chapter 1, it says this. There was a man in the land of Uz, and as far as I understand, Uz was over in Mesopotamia. <clears throat> I'm trying to remember what the one commentator was saying. The one guy was talking about southeast or southwest of Ur of the Chaldees, where, where um, Abraham came from. There was a man in the land of Uz, verse 1, whose name was Job. And that man was, let's look at the description that God gives of this man. Okay, he says here he was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And so I'd like to go through some of those words with you this morning, if you will. And because they're going to be reiterated later on in another chapter. Look at the first word there is perfect. He is a perfect Man, that doesn't mean he was sinless. It just means the word, the word is a Hebrew word. It's tom or tom, and it means complete. Uh, it's kind of interesting. That it also means gentle or dear. Uh, it means plain. He's a plain man. Okay, he was plainly spoken. That's, that's, the, that's the gist I get from it. He was undefiled, and he was upright. It's kind of it's interesting. The root word for that word, perfect, has the idea is the word tamam. Now, you and I in our vernacular, <clears throat> a lot of times we have the, when you, when you see a person, and I, and I see people like, and I, I think these words in my mind, i got to confess that to you, but you see, you've ever heard the term in our vernacular as present day 21st century people, uh, when you see a person that's uh, kind of strange, uh, has strange thinking or whatever, you might say that the lights are, whole, are on, but he is not what, home. Well, that's the kind of in- inclination you get here. Is that he and this word here, the root word, it means to be complete, to be all there. So in this case here in our vernacular, uh, Job, the lights were on with Job, and he was home. Okay, just so you know, he was at home, and the lights indeed were on. And also, the Bible also says he was upright. That's the word yashar, and that has the idea of straight, or just, just, or to be equity working uh, or to, in his life dealing in equity to others and to be righteous and as also has the idea and this is interesting it's going to come into play a little bit later on when we go through job chapter 29 and that is is that when job looked at life and he looked at the people in his life and he looked at people around him as he lived, um, he looked at them and he, and he looked at it, and it says they're straight okay he says if it was not right job took steps to Make it right. So therefore, if he saw something in his life or saw something wrong in in the society, okay, or in the people, his friends or his acquaintances or so forth, widows, he talks about widows, he talks about fatherless and so forth, orphans in, in chapter 29. And he basically, when he saw the wrongs in his life and the wrongs in society, people being treated wrongly, he took steps to rectify that, to take the crooked make it straight. That's basically what that word means, and that's what he did. And then we get down to the word here in verse number, that he was perfect, upright, and one that feared God. The word feared, and I'm going to leave the the definition uh, open right now, because I have it written down here. I'm going to take a drink quick. But, if I ask you the question, I'll put this up here, what does it mean To fear God. You ever stop to think that? Now, if we were really in class, in Sunday school class, I'd take this a lot further than what I'm going to take it. But you ever stop to think that? How about answering this question? Do you fear God? Do I fear God? What does it mean to fear God? The word fear in this passage is the word yare. And it has the word, it has the meaning of fearing to be morally reverent. And the root word is yare, and it's like two different, it's like the root word and the, and the other word, and the, re, the real word is, they're both the same. To fear, to morally to revere, and he has, it has also, in certain contexts, it can mean to be dread, dreadful, okay? To dread something, okay? But in this kind of context, it has the idea of to be morally reverent, the Lord are you morally reverent to the Lord wrote three things down here three things that come up when you're talking about fearing the Lord could we say that the fear of the Lord is to respect the Lord Okay. how about this who he is That's part of fearing the Lord. Okay? How about this? What he says. Who he is, what he says, and also what he does. Okay? Those are three major portions, if you will, of fearing the Lord. All right? Now, the question is is how do those three things affect your life and affect my life? For example, like I, was, I, was try, I was trying to figure this out myself this week. And basically, I was trying to boil it down. What I was trying to do was I, try, I was trying to go through the whole book of Job and find out times when he feared the Lord when he, who he was. And when Job feared the Lord in what he said. Okay, and feared the Lord when what he did in Job's life. But I wanted to boil it down to three words, okay? And that is, number one, who he is, Should, if, when we're talking about, and this is, this is very important, in our worship. Let me ask you a question. When we began this, this, uh, this time together this morning, were you fearing the Lord in your worship? Were you morally reverent to the Lord? That's very important. I think in many, I think in our country today, I think the worship of the Lord has taken a wrong turn. You see, the, 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 even the songs that we sang this morning, if you noticed the ones that we sang, we sang the one, Showers of Blessings. Remember that? And We'll Fly Away, you think about those two those two songs what is the word what is that I will fly away what's that dealing with us leaving this planet and going to heaven whether by death or by the rapture or whatever those are all scriptural terms and scriptural ideas and scriptural truths that you and I that direct our thoughts to our Heavenly Father because guess what I hope you were thinking when you said I fly away when we were, when you sang those words that when you sang, I'll fly away, that you were thinking of, where am I going when I die? Or, the Lord's coming back soon. He may come today, and I'll fly away. You understand what I'm saying? That is the kind of effect that God wants us to have in our life when, the, the true, when we have true fear and respect of who he is. It should affect our worship. Now, worship, takes, worship can take many forms like we were singing this morning. Worship can take, take, uh, take um, form of, how about bowing your head when you sit at a meal out in a restaurant somewhere? Okay? <laughs> worship, just worship for me just two, three weeks ago when I got my hair cut, I had a, ch- I had a chance uh, to witness to my barber. And she brought it up. So I said, hey, Lord, if you're going to open the door, I'm going to go through that door. So I went through the door and I was talking to her a little bit because she's upset And she was worried about what's going on in our country and the world today. And and there's a lot of people, including myself, that are. We're thinking about that. I'm thinking about that. So was she. And it gave an open door to witness. An open door to worship in sharing God's word. So when you worship the Lord, are you morally uh, respecting uh, the Lord? Also, how about what he says? Well, let's see. What do I have written down here for that? By the way, when we, I'll get to that in a second, okay? What he says, see, should we go with green? Yeah, I'll go with blue. All right? What he says, how about this? How should that affect our obedience? You know, we sing the song, Obedience is the very best way to show that you. Believe, doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it happily. How does God fearing the Lord, your fear of the Lord, ex- affect your obedience to Him? It's very, very important. Keep in mind that we're looking at this in, actually in the scope of also Job and how it affected how it affected his obedience. And also keep in mind that it's not only that, it's the Lord looking down at Job's life during this time, okay, looking at his obedience. And if you just look over, look at, um, look at oh, just flip your page over to Job chapter 1, and chapter, chapter 1, verse 21. We're going to stop right there, and I'm going to make this next, this third thing, what he does. What he does. And the thing I have here for what he does is something that you and I need to do maybe perhaps a little bit more. Trust him. How much do you trust the Lord? There's several individuals and you think about the individual examples in the Old Testament. I think think the first three persons that I thought about was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You think about them. Back in Daniel, was it Daniel chapter 3, I think it was, where those three young men were told, you know, either you worship the God here, you know, Nebuchadnezzar or whatever, and, or you're gonna be thrown in a furnace. And they, they basically told Nebuchadnezzar, go take a hike. Because we're gonna we're gonna trust, we're gonna trust God, our Father, our God. And they did. And they threw him in the furnace. And guess what? Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar looked in the furnace, and what did he say? The pastor's been going through this in, 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 in his uh, messages.
2: And they looked in there, and they,
3: they, weren't burnt, they weren't burnt up. Their cords fell off of them, and there was a fourth person in there. I can only think that it was the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, in pre-incarnate. Uh, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. But nonetheless, when it comes to fearing the Lord and what he does... This is what Pastor and Cynthia have to go through right now. And I don't know what you have to go through, what you are going through right now, but are you trusting the Lord through it? And now I quite frankly, as I, as I mentioned, with the way our country is going and the way our, um, this world is going, you know, I've had to put it this way, and I'm just going to be honest with you, in the past and even now I'm a political creature. I deal in politics a lot. You know what I mean? Gene talks about politics a lot, so do I. And uh, nonetheless, we're saying here is that God's dealing with my heart in that is that we cannot look to politics for the answers for our nation. We have to look to God's word. Do You understand what I'm saying? And we have to look and we have to trust. And we have to live in obedience to him. And we have to worship correctly. That's the whole thing. There's a lot of worship that's not, wor- in my opinion, is not worshiping correctly. Because I think true worship should direct one's thoughts and hearts towards our heavenly Father and towards our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay. So that's where I'm going to end today. Um, but uh, next time we'll, when we pick it up, we're going to be going into um, another portion. But anyways, that's what I I want you to understand this morning, and that is fear, fearing the Lord, is one of respect, who he is, what he says, and what he does. So let's close with a word of prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, so much for today. And Lord, help us to count it a blessing in our lives. As part of being, as part of, as part of being worshipful to you, and that you bring us through these trials and tribulations, and you count us worthy to go through them, if you will, we want to call that counting it worthy. But you give us the privilege, if you will, and if we could look at that as a privilege, to show your strength in our life. You did it for the Apostle Paul, and I'm sure you did it for many other Christians in the first century and thereafter and even right now there are many Christians across this world that are that are paying with their life with their blood and um, they're being persecuted and so I pray Father for them even this morning that you would give them strength and help them indeed to worship and to obey and to trust you Father I pray this week that you'd help us to look at those three things and to trust you and obey and to worship you correctly for I ask it in Jesus' precious name, Amen. Thank you.